0: Written and recorded in Brighton, England, and edited and produced in Portland, Oregon. Sweat Dredged Press and PGTTCM.com present.
1: Hello and welcome to Articulate Warbling. I'm Zach. I'm Laura. And this has been a long time coming. And this is for... It's not for. It is the Saw Retrospective. Oh yeah. Hear that music, come in. Good timing. (laughs) And we will be reviewing the first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth. And then the ninth. (laughs) Saw film, that is called Spiral, from the book of Saw, and it should be called Spineless. But yeah, we've done one of these before, I think. It was with Fast and Furious. Mm -hmm. And I think we got through the Saw series far quicker than we did the Fast and Furious films. But it helps that they're quite short. and
0: Fucking tense. Yeah. You have to move on to the next one. Like, come on, let's go. It is
1: almost... It is a binge-watchable series, because... Well, the strength of the series comes from its uh, interconnectedness and, uh, you know... As, it, as tense as the music is that you're hearing playing behind me, that's kind of like the thematic and the whole theme of the film series. It is just continuous, ratcheting up tension. Where's it going to go? Where are we going to go? What's going to happen? Oh, yeah.
0: Those violins, man. woo <laughs>
1: uh, Yeah, it's been a long time coming. We haven't done many podcasts. So, Welcome. We are happy to have you back. And uh, shall we just get in?
0: This is like the best welcome back music. It is. It really is. It makes me so excited. Mm -hmm.
1: Shall we just get into it then?
0: Yeah, I am now going to turn this off though because it will just go on and distract me because I love the music so much. Right, okay, as usual, I have done synopsis.
1: First of all, Background. What was your first experience with Saw, and how did you come across it?
0: Uh, first experience of Saw must have been with my stepsister, I think, and my boyfriend at the time, who was, like, my first boyfriend when I was 14. And we were kind of having, like, a horror night, and that...
1: I hate horror movies! Was... Never catch me watching a horror.
0: No, I hated horror movies. I wasn't there enjoying myself. They were. I wasn't. (laughs) Um... That was paranormal activity, and then we realised that Dad had saw, and we were like, "Hang about." Everybody likes a touch of saw,
1: even though you hadn't seen it by this point.
0: Um, I'd seen bits. I'd, I know enough about it to be like, "Oh, let's just." Pop culturally,
1: you know yeah. the significance.
0: Um, and I'm pretty sure that was like the first one. It was a bit. It still is a bit iffy. Like I remember bits from almost all of them, but not enough to
1: construct a story out of it or no, you don't exactly. know which goes with which film
0: no and I don't remember any of the background yeah I just remember like the traps they're the most well, obviously they're the most common bits aren't they um so yeah, anyway so I've been looking to get the all of the Saw films in a box set for ages on Blu-ray and I've been looking everywhere and then we happened to go shopping one day and
1: one of the first returns to being able
0: to shop it was the first return to HMV for at least eight months I think mm-hmm. And I just saw it ah! and
1: saw it.
0: Yeah. Okay. Obviously, I'm not on the top of my joke game today. <laughs> um, <laughs> um. Yeah. So I just I just picked it up and I thought and I did that thing where you argue with yourself. or oh, do I really buy it? I've already done a bit of shopping, blah, blah, blah. And Zach like snorted at me because it was 40 quid. And he's like, there's no way you buy that. And then I walked out of the shop. This is
1: someone who comes across a Blu-ray for £8 and goes, that's too much. So imagine my surprise when you were considering buying a um, Saw collection. And then when she actually brought it, <laughs> I was kind of semi-jealous because I'm like, I really wanted it as well. <laughs> um, but I already had a bundle of Blu-rays under my arms. and
0: Yeah, anyway, so I just bought it. I was like, fuck it, let's do it. Uh, and I bought it. And we watched them all. Over like two days, didn't we? We did. Pretty much, yeah. We finished them that weekend.
1: Yeah.
0: <clears throat> so first uh, night was
1: the first couple, then the second night as well. We just obliterated
0: the remainder. It was the whole day, wasn't it? Yeah. Was it a bank? Holi- it was a bank holiday, yeah. wasn't it? And we managed to do so a whole day. That, you have that, t- but basically you have that time yeah. mentally and prepared,
1: because it does take a lot to watch a movie. It does, especially if you're going to work the next day. That's for Laura. Not for me, because I'm a scumbum who doesn't earn yeah. his own money. Ha! Ah, a joke. Not yes, a joke. But yeah, the truth of the matter is you uh you, you if it's like a three day weekend you basically give yourself an allowance. Okay, I can do this.
0: It's like I waste Saturday because I've still got Sunday and Monday. Mm. A bit like yesterday really. <laughs> um anyway, so yeah, that was the background. Um and as we watched them. Zach's like, do you remember this bit? And I'm like, no, but then I remember there's certain traps and stuff that comes up and I'm like, I remember that, or I remember that character, or I remember the face. It was probably the first film series that I can
1: unequivocally say is a horror movie, it is a horror franchise, and I think Laura can admit to herself she likes this film series and she has to admit it's a horror franchise. But not only that, she was wanting to watch film after film usually i have to goad or poker in the ribs i can easily sit back and binge watch a film series on my own on my own behalf just like yeah whatever i can do it sometimes i can't and this is the first time laura ever went yeah let's do this shit i want to watch it and you kind of have to as i was saying in the uh as aforementioned in the beginning of the podcast the momentum of the series is so perfectly uh moderated much like the score you're basically compelled you have to because there's cliffhangers or there's certain tendrils that spread out and on a a conscious level you're going where are they going to go next even if you've watched it already like me you're kind of wanting to see everything be pieced together and this series has been kind of written off as a oh it was just uh popular for its time for torture porn there's more going on then the subsurface level of the devices, the torture scenes. It is a very well-written, well-mapped-out, ingenious, uh, moralistic story. And for me, what makes a Saw film is the Saw, is Saw jigsaw ethos. Mm-hmm. It's his uh, morals or immorality. It's his whole schism, his whole schematic outside of the traps of playing people against themselves not just against others but against their own conscious self against their own biases and judgments it's about jigsaw who is john kramer's ideology that has been warped it is his overall jigsaw piece anyway He's waiting for you to put it together. For me, the Saw series is what it is because of Tobin Bell and his centrality to all of the movies. So we'll get into that later. But as Laura said, anyway, let's get into Saw 1.
0: Two strangers, freelance photographer Adam Stanheit and Dr. Lawrence Gordon, awaken in a dilapidated bathroom with no memory of how they ended up there. Both men find a tape recording, each in their pockets, and not long after, listening to them, realize they have been trapped in a game perpetrated by the infamous Jigsaw killer. Escape seems unlikely at first, but Adam and Lawrence soon realize they may have a chance, but at what cost? And are they alone? Now, do do doo do 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 do. You don't get.
1: That music till the end of the film, then it makes a two-star film, a three-star film. <laughs> I, I saw 1, it really opened up the door to these types of things. It opened up the whole universe of Saw, but it's a pretty, pretty lame, long in the tooth film. And I think the only f- decent thing about it, going through it, is... It was the intro- introduction to Hollywood and to the general studio masses and executives, to Lee Wanow, who is a very, very successful uh, horror director and writer of renown. Uh, so is James Wan, who has gone on to do so many numerous different horror movies, but now he's going into the big blockbuster play pit. He's done Fast and Furious uh, 7, he's done Aquaman, and he's continuing to go on into that that big blockbuster, I'm going to play with 250 million budgets. Lee now is more still in the mid-range of doing 10 million to 50 million budgeted horror movies. The greatest of them all is The Invisible Man. So I like this introduction of them as creators. They are on people's horizons. I also like the notion that it's opened up this world, this universe. Without this movie, there is no store franchise. But also what I like about this is the writers in the latter half of the series, Lee now, um continued on in a few more uh, movies they kind of strengthen the, uh, the first movie it's kind of like the first movie is a little bit of a damp squib in comparison but all the other films seem to empower what is going on in and around that first film and what i find really interesting about this one is when you first go into it you assume that uh, the photographer and the doctor by carrie Elwes and lee one the uh almost private eye you assume that's the first ever game and then as things come apart because this film is told non-linearly it's completely well over it's the told place. in
0: a way that means that you are you are effectively told that this is the first game until you get told otherwise and later then on. it's
1: a whole it's a whole load of it's a jigsaw piece it's like oh does it does this piece go there no it doesn't let's try again it's always it's a lot of red herrings and a lot of deception And it's very clever. And watching this, like for the fifth time, the first film, I kind of it kind of it rolls over you. You're like, we will never know what the first game is because he has been known as a he not John Kramer as a character, but Jigsaw has been known on a conscious public level, national level for a while. Yeah. Though, though these two characters that are pitted against each other in this toilet, local bathroom uh, game pit aren't aware of him, certain levels of society, you know, jud- judicially and governmentally, they're aware of Jigsaw. And it's only after many repeat viewings you kind of realise they really opened up so much room for even more duplicitous, sly uh, audience skewering with the expectations. So you'll never really know when and where he actually started and i think that is a very clever almost voidal space that they introduced and had open because i think they knew that this was going to go on and be a series or hope
0: but i think the fact that that i think they hoped it and they probably secretly knew it but they needed to make the film a stand alone -alone. yeah it does feel
1: like that doesn't it
0: but then give enough for people to go hang on a minute and it made make more so that people want to watch more
1: yeah it made the money and then very quickly they were like we want a sequel and James Wan at this point is like no I'm not interested but as it is and Lee Wannell would like he's a script writers find it very difficult to get more work so when they offered Lee Wannell he's like yeah I'm gonna hold on to this baby as long as possible. It's mine and James's yeah. baby. James is like, I want to go on and do other horror films. This was just, this was just a starting point for me. Yeah. And even though he's got executive producer uh, ties, that's only out of almost tribute. We've had this conversation on the podcast where people just get credits as not or acknowledgements that this person created it, or you know, it's all contractual obligations. Whereas Lee, now, was like, no, 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 I want to stay on board. I want to be as on board with my baby as possible. And you can tell that when Lee Winnell wrote himself out as a script writer by the third or fourth film, he also wrote out John Kramer as if to say, this character's done with me. And he kind of fucked the series in a way because they were like, well, with or, without you, with or without you, Lee, we're still doing these movies. And I think he kind of wanted to kill John Kramer off with the assumption that that's where it would stop. But in a lot of ways, he opened up another pocket of uh, mystery. mystery that the studio really hammered in and really got a kick out of it. So Saw 1, for me, is a very damp squib. Uh, it's only when it comes to the culmination of everything that's been set up... Uh,
0: well, it's like you say. A it's a two. It's a two star film until the end, where you kind of start to see how it was set up and how it can go forward. That's when, when you realise the, the implications stages, yeah, become what this broader. Gonna, yeah, what when, gonna be. when
1: it's when it's more reaching outside of that standalone parameters. When the uh, prone form of John Kramer gets up and the score is swelling yeah. by uh, Klauser, what is his first name? The score is up. The editing's coming together. We're having flashbacks. We're not. We're not really being. You know, it's not a Greek orchestra. It's not being. You know, uh, Greek theatre. It's not being shouted at you. But it's everything. This disparate elements with that elevated, unique, and integral score with the voice of Tobin Bell, his his physical stature. It all culminates and gathers. Charlie, Charlie Clowder, And with that score, it all culminates and you go, okay, it's a three-star film. But you're more energised by the implications outside of the standalone parameters of where can this fucking go. And knowing that there's other films going forward, you're trumping at the bit to say, okay, where are we going with this? So, yeah, first one would have been two-star movie unless it didn't have that initial... If it was a standalone film, I would have probably given it like one star. But yeah. because it opens up so many avenues...
0: For the next however many, then, yeah. Uh,
1: then it kind of... It, it kind of swing... Yeah. Into it. So, yeah. yeah. I think
0: it builds up the excitement in a way. Because yeah. you're like, I've just got to get through this shitstorm. <laughs> and then I can get on to the decent stuff.
1: The decent ones, of which are... Uh, you know, I'm an unapologetic, unashamedly huge Saw fan. I don't even feel that I'm an apologetic fanboy i don't think anything needs to be apologized i think they are they are awfully misconstrued awfully misread misjudged films i think certain eras certain voices certain trends go up against it but no one can deny it's probably one of the highest grossing most popularized uh, horror series in existence and that you know, proves enough rather than the critic, literati, academia types who are like, oh, it's all the same old shit, oh, there's nothing of real note and ingredients to it. It's pure escapism with compelling actors, characters, and a continual, unpredictable, non-linear, scatological, m- manic thrill ride. So we're going into Saw 2, where the ace up the Saw franchise's sleeve until the last movie, Darren Lynn Balesman. The man who came in and was like, I'm going to make Saw my own thing. So here's the synopsis. You know to do
0: synopsis? Yeah, sorry. I, I, I've got about seven and I, I found the one that I really want to read and then I lost it. <clears throat> sorry. Here it is. When Detective Eric Matthews is called to a crime scene of a victim of Jigsaw, he finds a lead to the place where he is hidden. Once there, he realises that Jigsaw trapped his son, Daniel Matthews, with three women and four men in a shelter and they are inhaling a lethal nerve gas. If they do not use an antidote within two hours, they will die. Eric follows with increasing desperation the death of each member of the group in monitors whilst trying to convince Jigsaw to release his son. And then I'm just going to add a little bit from another synopsis, which says Eric learns that if he wants to see his son again, he must play one of Jigsaw's games as well.
1: And it's some of be- these
0: synopsis is a shite, man.
1: I mean, there's some... I want to
0: put them together the, with like the, four different. Well, ones. The thing
1: is, there's so much going on within the film, contained within the film, that even yourself as a viewer don't really kind of, you know, realise until like three films later, when it's like, oh shit, it's all coming together now. But it's
0: really important to understand that the detective in this film is playing a game as well.
1: It is his game. It is his game. And yeah. the, you know, the. The synopsis, not of the film, but within the actual realm of the world, is that the the rules are simple. Play by my rules.
0: Which he sets out.
1: Follow me. Listen to me. Don't be misguided by your anger, by your bias, by your judgment. What's so beautiful about the character of John Kramer is he brings our worst personality traits out. That's what he's trying to personify. That's what he's casting judgment upon. Yeah, absolutely. And this is where Tobin Bell, for the latter half of the series, I mean, the next couple of movies, he is there, central. And what I like about it, and the most unique aspect, is he's not shrouded in mystery. We've got you. We've got your name. You're John Kramer. We're facing you, mm. but we're even put into this predicament now, where even though we've got you, bang to rights, we still. Are playing your game and we're still beholden by you because you've had everything orchestrated Mm -hmm. well in advance and uh this of course retrospective is gonna be full of spoilers because if you haven't watched saw
0: i mean the first one came out in 2004 so if you haven't watched saw you're probably not going to well the
1: funny thing is this is what my granddad said to you was a perfect example of you know completely (laughs) living under a rock
0: so i went to go and see zach's man and granddad um whilst zach wasn't with me uh, in my hometown and they live in the same hometown as me and uh, <laughs> I went to go and see them for a cup of tea and just check up on them and um I said, uh, oh, yeah, we're going to the cinema when it opens and we're gonna we've got you know got loads of films booked in blah 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 and uh, So they said to me "Oh, what films are you gonna go and see so amongst <coughs> others I said well We're gonna see spiral so uh, one of the saw films and um, <laughs> Sack's granddad went oh is that the second is that the sequel because I'm sure I saw the first one on TV a couple of years ago <laughs> And I still don't know whether he saw the first one or like the sixth one. No, the thing really is tell. he has
1: seen the first one because that's how I was introduced to Saw in the beginning. I watched it on DVD uh in 2005 or 6. We used to go Blockbusters and we used to then Buy the rental DVDs that they then resold for a cheaper amount. And Granted yeah. used to go and get a whole load of films for us. When when I didn't even you know have my OCD about pre-owned stuff, I was just happy to get whatever was available. Uh, and then uh, it was just sitting there. And I remember watching, and I wasn't as engaged because... It was just subsurface level. It was just a crazy horror film that I was like, I'm adult because I'm watching this. But he watched it around 2006, and by that point, there was at least was that, four
0: three, like, films, three four. or
1: four films. So he'd seen the first one. he most likely have seen others on television, but old people being old people, they're just like... I've seen the first one. Is this a sequel? And it's like, bless it's him. Like, it's and a and sequel, you're, yeah. And you're like, no, it's a sequel. It's like the ninth one, mate. Get out. <laughs> And I've got to say, my nanny and granddad are quite were quite good up to a certain extent. When it came to 2009, their whole existence of going to the cinema and being trendy and on top form kind of stopped because they were the ones who would take me to the cinema. They were, as you know, in the know about movies as I was because they were as engaged as going to see movies as I was. Um, but that's just so cute. So this shows, like, don't be Eric Mossop. Don't don't, don't, don't come into this going, Oh, you spoil all the Saw movies for me. You've had enough time. You've had enough time to watch them. So anyway, going along, this movie is fucking brilliant. Darren Embalsman has come in. This is his first directorial big screen feature. And he's basically taken all the elements from the first one and notched it up by a hundred
0: million percent. (laughs) It
1: is frenetic. It is energised. It is gorgeously shot. I've just it sets the thematical and stylistic tones he took something that rapid cutting when someone's caught in a trap and they're fighting against time that stylistic device that is you know an editorial flourish as well as like they had the same editor for all of the films I believe leading up to I believe even Saw 8 Jigsaw. So and he directed a few himself. One not so good. One quite good. So you have a, a a a a central aesthetical thing. You know, you've got a through line. They know their style. But what happened was Darren and Bowsman came in and he's like, I'm just going to make the hardest, most glorious, most enigmatic and charming because it is quite charming. Though John Kramer is from the outsider perspective manic and crazy. He isn't. He's quite a charmer. He's quite well poised and he is a charmer in the you know, relatability of you enjoy seeing these people suffer because you just want them to learn the hard way or sometimes the easier way. So, Lin Bowsman came in and he just set a certain trend for those little elements that were hot, so vaguely hinted upon stylistically in the first he took and he was just like... Yeah, it
0: right up. Right,
1: right, everyone stand back because I'm going to leave this megaton to splatter this body. We were all right with that? Yeah, yeah, true, whatever. And that's what he continues doing with the other movies that he directs.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think, I mean, I think for me, having had this kind of, obviously I know I've said many a time that I don't do horror movies. There are a number of horror movies that I have discovered, <coughs> you know, since being with Zach, since being part of this podcast, that I've discovered that actually... There are a number of horror movies that I do really quite enjoy. Um, I think (coughs) the first one, in all honesty, was probably The Invisible Man, where I was really like, okay, this is a horror and I like it and that's okay. I think then, I always knew that I liked things like um, Final Destination and I think Final Destination led into my liking of things like Saw.
1: I think the thing, yeah, I think the problem is you were kind of like, I'm so dead set against so many horror movies and their tropes and their predictabilities and their stereotypes, and it, it's just not my thing. You felt like by admission of liking one, it means you have to like all of them. I think you've slowly progressed out of that, that way of thinking. But
0: it's difficult, though, isn't it? Because I still wouldn't consider myself to be a fan of horror movies. I don't. No, do I don't
1: think movies. you're a fan of horror movies, but you do like some horror movies. Yeah, and absolutely. you utterly adore one horror franchise, which is the Saw franchise. Yeah,
0: absolutely.
1: And A Quiet Place.
0: And Which is case. going
1: to be a franchise at some point.
0: <sighs> yeah, and I think, I think that's the thing with with the the second Saw film. You you know you really it does really ratchet up from the first. You really building upon some of those stories that had started to come across in the first one. But I think I think the things that I like about and this is what I like about the Saw films isn't the horror. It's not the jumps and the this that and the other. It's I do like a bit of gore. I'm not going to deny that. But it's the tension. And that's why I like my survival films, my thriller films, because it's for me, I like the tension and the tension of people getting the fuck out of these games is is more to me. And this is why I haven't liked some of the films that aren't so based on the game, because it's like that's what I like about it. I like that it's sick, but it's actually so incredibly crafted. And if you just, and that's what I love about the whole, you know, the the score at the end is always like, if you'd have just listened to what I said, you could have got out of this. I
1: mean, if you behaved yourself, we wouldn't have the da na na no no Exactly, yeah,
0: which would make it a shit film, yeah. don't get me wrong. But that bit when you're like, oh my God, because he mean, kind of does talk in riddles, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah. And you're like, well, what does that mean? What does that mean? And that's the thing, and I'll come on to Spiral, will we will come on to Spiral later, but that's the thing is, during Spiral we sat there the whole time with these people figuring out in real time what the riddles mean. And the whole point of these films is that the riddles don't make sense until the end, until they've made the mistakes and they go, Oh, if I'd have just done that, I would have been fine. There's none of that
1: in Spiral. No. It's just about opening uh, presents and Chris Rock screaming.
0: Yeah, well anyway, so yeah, I think I think that's the thing. I love I love the traps. I love the tension. I love the fact that you can scream at the TV and be like, what are you doing? And even you don't really know exactly where they need to go or what they need to do. But you're still like, you're doing it wrong.
1: And also the notion of taking already established characters and then subverting them. Like the character of um, Amanda Yeah. from the first film who's a victim. But even there's something very left ambiguous there. In the first film almost as if she's like i've learned a lesson and he saved me and then going on and completely transcending that basically you go in and the second one you're like oh my god amanda what have you done this time to piss off john kramer and like Absolutely. and you're like oh god like again and she's playing up to that archetype and that awareness you've been in the game before yes yeah, I when have. she wakes up she's like oh my god no 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 playing the game within the game perfectly yeah playing up to that stereotype, archetype and that character, and then it turns out that she is the one who's been the puppet person. She's also been the you know you have certain characters in actual games who are kind of like put in there as cheat codes to kind of guide you, to basically be like, Do you really want to do that? On Fuck you, bitch, fuck you like when she gets pushed into that pit of needles. Yeah. But it shows that she's so dedicated to this performance and this game within a game, she does it. She doesn't break... She doesn't break at all. No. Not character of the character Amanda is playing. It's just so ingenious. And then the big revelation that she is now a disciple of Jigsaw. But... She's
0: like a daughter, isn't she? Yeah. She's an adopted daughter. Whilst
1: also what transcends in a later film is she's still going through her own... Shit. Uh, shit. Mm. And her own game. There's always a game, there's always a through line, there's always something more insidious or deep with deeper connotations and it first appears. Absolutely. So, what was it with number two? I think that was, how many stars did you give that?
0: I think I gave it four.
1: Four, I think I gave it four.
0: Okay, so three?
1: Mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse
0: me, sorry. Uh, So, Jeff is an anguished man who grieves and misses his son that was killed by a drunk driver in a car accident. He's become obsessed with revenge against the drunk driver, judge and only witness who refused to testify. He's also become neglectful of his daughter. Lynn Denlon is a skilled surgeon that is cheating on her husband and suffering from depression. Both are abducted and brought to Jigsaw's warehouse where they must play two separate games. Jeff must choose whether to save or let the people he holds responsible for the death of his son die Whilst Lynn must keep Jigsaw alive until Jeff completes his tests or face the deadly consequences. Not that she realises it's Jeff.
1: And not that he realises it's...
0: Even I didn't fucking realise that they were married.
1: It's that These parallels are played up against each other and you think they're, is they're separate elements, separate uh, games, separate rules, separate... This is your path, your path, but they actually converge and that is one. Yeah. They're both playing the same game. Yeah. Whilst underneath that veneer, Amanda is going for her own game as well. But you don't know that until the fourth. Do,
0: do, 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 you never w- know anything until this, that music starts.
1: This one again is. It continues on with the same vein and fashion of the pacing. The pacing is is and the direction. It is tonally consistent, and people who who judge these films, you cannot flaw them. They are consist, consistent tonally with that Kenner, The the editorial beats the from but also notching up the stakes also the uh the notion of this disciple also amanda's implications into this world what she's adding from it how she's unpredictable how she's beholden to john what she wants to prove her worth there is a father daughter relationship there most definitely but there's also judge jury executioner uh elements still there yeah. a cloud over them whether or not they know about it I really like this one, I really really like this one, because you see John Kramer, John Kramer, vulnerable, I don't think we've mentioned he's got cancer, terminal cancer, he is literally on borrowed time, and this, and then weaving that, that element of keeping him alive into his game, it shows how dedicated he is to the cause, to his point. Outside of it, people do think it's murderous, they do think it's it's scandalous, they do think it's disgusting, but in so many ways, what he is doing is setting up these traps, Pitting people in, they're not following the rules. You have to take away something, you have to shed some blood before you can survive this. Mm. Very clever. N- is it right morally? We don't know, but the character of John Kramer by Tobin Bell is so ambiguous, so charmed, so poised, and so mannered and strategic and charming in his guise. You can understand why disciples would follow him in whatever vein he cho- so chooses. Carry on. No, that was just what I was.
0: Oh, okay. Sorry.
1: Sorry. Five, four, three, two, one. My back. <sighs> I'm
0: like a beached whale. Okay. You not want um, to talk about number three? Yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm just thinking and putting myself together. I feel like a jigsaw. Boom. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, I, I was just, I was just looking back at the synopsis whilst, um, Zach was talking and I, just, I looked at it and I thought, would you watch this film if you, excuse me, if you hadn't of watched the others, uh, and also if you just read the synopsis alone, you'd be like, snooze, because you have to watch them and you have to understand the storyline, right? And The this fruit is, line of it as well. And this is the thing that I didn't understand because I always thought that Saw films, Prior to having much in the way of knowledge about them, I always thought they were standalone, and they're not standalone because they always have that background story of John Kramer and his current disciple um, supporting him or doing things for him. And because um, I remember when when I saw some of them on like Netflix, I was like, "Let's watch one." And you were like, no, "You have to watch it from the begin- beginning." And I'm like, "Why have you got to watch it from the beginning? Why can't we just watch them really like?" You were dead set
1: dead set against that. You're like, "It's all it's just traps." And I'm like, "No, there is a f-
0: there is a." Yeah, because that's not what I remembered, that's why, because what I remembered was just the traps, and I'm like, yeah, okay, it's just a different story. Which, it is a different story, but there's always that through line running through. Um, And, yeah, I think what I love about this one is the fact that, you know, this woman is, she has no idea that it's her husband that's playing the other game. And he has no idea that anybody else is playing a game but him. And then you I think what I love about the whole thing is the fact that John Cramer is actually looking for people to to almost repent, aren't they? They're looking yes. for them to to say to realise that they've got, they've taken the wrong path, they're going the wrong way, and he's looking for them to go, ah oh, shit. And this is the thing that I think I love the most about this one <clears throat> is because you could really see that this Jeff guy really got into the point of, I don't want these people to die. I know i 've got to make this this decision, but that thing in his head was like the whole time I will kill these people, I hate them. if they come across my path, I will kill them. But when they are actually there in front of him, dying, he was desperate to save them without
1: the bigger picture of oh, if you don't save these people, you 've got less chance of saving your wife. None of that is in
0: no, but you can see it you can see and, and this is the thing that I love because it is playing on the <clears throat> the way our brains work as humans. And that's why it's so incredibly clever and intelligent because it's playing on how you predict humans to behave. There's so much psychological, kind of psychotherapy-type stuff in there. You know, predicting everything in accordance to how people are going to behave. Studying, you know, the behaviour of people. And I I just think that everything else aside, it's just phenomenally written um i think this is possibly one of my favorites
1: i've got to agree with you yeah
0: um just because you can you really start to because don't get me wrong you know you've set up a lot in the first two films but this one really starts to show where what he's doing why furthering he's doing his it. character and his evolution you yeah. think he's this one thing but there's something you just think he's a torturing murderer
1: and then when you see more of the uh, ambiguity behind it, and the ingenious psychological uh, parameters, and uh, stretch—you know—the long, the long-form goal that he wants to make, the imprint of it all, mm. and he is forever progressing as a character, but not for himself. He is this person, but for us, through our eyes, we're deeming different qualities, and you know. Background pieces to validate these actions, these behaviours, these attitudes. Yeah, absolutely. So, for me, Saw 3 is a good five-star film.
0: I would agree.
1: Uh, Saw 4, now.
0: Saw 4, waiting for it to load. So, during the autopsy of John Kramer, because he died, the corona... The corona? I've got such my head into coronavirus. The coroner... (coughs) finds tape inside his stomach and calls Detective Hoffman. Meanwhile, the police find Detective Kerry dead and the SWAT commander, Rig is absolutely traumatised with the tortured corpse of Kerry and obsessed to save Detective Eric Matthews that has been missing for six months. However, Hoffman asks him to take vacations and leave the case. The FBI agents Strahm and Perez join Hoffman's team to investigate the le- legacy of Jigsaw, but Rig is abducted and forced to participate in another sick game to save Eric's life. again we're just saying the same things here now man it's
1: it it's not this film doesn't go the way that you would think or expect it again pushes the audience's limits not in the traps and the gore, but in your capabilities to keep up with the unfolding scenarios the character development the character uh The characters, you know. I have the word. Please talk because I've brain farted.
0: Yeah, but I don't want to start a completely co- different conversation. Do it conversation because i thread. Sure? Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, weirdly, I know I enjoyed most of the middle films, but this is a film that obviously hasn't stuck in my mind particularly well. I don't know whether I've had a giant brain fart, but. I don't remember a huge amount about this film. The synopsis hasn't really helped me, so it's always good. Um, Sorry? Ice Block. Oh! Elevated that one. Yes! Um, (sighs) So, again, uh, we are in a position whereby we're trying to save people that probably can't be saved.
1: And probably don't deserve to be saved. No. Like, the big revelations unfolding in number two, again, carry over into film number four which is uh, Donnie Wahlberg's character of whom was setting out to save his son, of whom he basically unravelled and undid everything that was going to save his son. Yeah. Ultimately, his son was saved. He was always in the safe, yeah. of which was alluded to quite sharply like, and clearly.
0: I know we didn't talk about this, but I quite liked the fact that he was he was in the safe, which is kind of like a metaphor, isn't it? He was safe the whole yeah. time, in the safe. Yeah. Sorry, do carry on.
1: And that character who we have a little bit of a flash scene almost as a reminder in the third film that he is in this world, but Amanda, did she kill him? Didn't she kill him? Nope. And that was another journey of Amanda's. Are you going to be impulsive and vengeful? Mm -hmm. She wasn't, whereas Kramer makes out to believe or wants us as an audience or the general audience, or the filmmakers want us to believe that she's vengeful, she needs to be taken off this chessboard. Whereas she wasn't, she retained him, because he was, again, part of a bigger plan. Mm -hmm. And this then enwraps police and detectives. I
0: think this is the one where we really start to see the police force coming together to fight this situation where this well, is this is where the the police start to really start really interlocking with the whole stories
1: i'm really trying to unpick and this is when uh a gilmore gales character arrives
0: yes james is it james no it's not james patterson <laughs> <laughs> what's his name
1: you should know his name you adore him
0: i know but i've I, it's, i'm sure it's patterson
1: what's his name in gilmore Girls? luke 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 turns up as a dead sir, I'm taking control of this shit detective, Whereas there's another... Scott de-
0: Patterson. Well, I knew Luke, it was a Patterson. There's
1: another detective on the edges who seems a little bit more in for the glory, his reputation. Yeah. Uh, who's really kind of like blasé about the whole thing, who then ends up being part of the game. But the thing is, he is the game.
0: But I think the thing that I love the most...
1: <clears throat> being that he is one of Jigsaw's disciples...
0: Yeah, I think the the thing that I love the most is the fact that up until the end, um, you don't know, you don't really know, you're always guessing all throughout. It's like, how is this connected? Who's doing this? Is it, are we in the, because everything is so non-linear from the very beginning, mm. you don't know whether this is a past thing, whether it's a current thing. And you, you I mean, part of you is like, I've just seen John Kramer's dead body in front of me. But is he really dead? Was that like a doppelganger? Or is it a disciple? And if it's a disciple, it can't be Wasser for Amanda because she's and died. And you
1: don't anticipate that the audience would be, have the audacity to play the same trick. You don't expect that another disciple will be as willing to be part of the game as Amanda because, because it's you already haven't been them.
0: done. But you haven't seen him. You haven't. No. Up until this film, you have not seen anything to do with him with right. amanda you've seen her in the first film you know that she's been she's been um um revived her everything her drug addiction everything has been you know she's repented her sins and you know he helped me and everything, more purpose yeah everything with that she's you can see why she's become the disciple it makes sense but with this one because everything is so non-linear you're so confused John Kramer's dead. How are we coming back from this? And part of me is going, are you sure they meant to make these films at this stage? I said to you, I think mm. after the third Saw film, is this one now just like a, a how, how can we reboot this? And you were like, no. And I'm like, I don't get it then. How does this work? Lee
1: this- now, like I said previously, was like, my relationship with this franchise is running its course. I don't think it can go anywhere. Me as one of the creators of it, I'm going to swan song it. Mm. And then the producers were like, yeah, all right then, mate, but guess what? We're continuing it. Yeah. And he basically wanted to write an end to it. He wanted to make it very clear. Once I'm out of this, as a screenwriter, this is where I think the story should be. You should follow in my... I don't agree with that mentality, but most creators of properties like this get... Yeah. Quite
0: i understand possessive. and i don't agree with that either but you can see how saw three was meant to be the the last one yeah he was you right you can right see how that was an end and then when they were like
1: we're, we're still gonna do them with or without you lee and lee was always he's always been supportive of the series as you see he returns in flashback roles yeah. so he is still supportive of it he has always been a creative um ally where they have always backward and forward with him, like, mm, we need your help. And he's always been open to it, but you could see he was put in this position like, as a creator myself, as my baby, James doesn't give a fuck. James don't give a fuck. He's doing his puppet movie. He's doing his mm. death sentence movie. Mm. James wants to reach a higher echelons of horror making. Yeah. And he eventually got there with Insidious then the Conjuring films. James James Wan has always been interviewed and he has no interest in this series. Mm. You can tell. He's just there purely executive-wise because he was there at the beginning. Wannell has always, always, always been supportive of it, but he made it clear, this is me done, I think it should end here, and the producers are like, we're not going to. He's like, okay, fair play. I'm here if you need me at your disposal. Yeah. So then they brought in other writers, and this was a duo who continued writing throughout the series and have done spin-off Saw films called The Collection Series. Mm -hmm. But they didn't have a confidence in those spin-offs. So they said, it can't be a Saw spin-off. We're just going to do them direct-to-DVD. But if you yep. watch the collection films, you can really see that it's got a Saw. Those movies are more Saw than Spiral. Mm. I didn't even know they existed, to be honest. Yeah, the collection films. And they've, they've kind of generated their own co-audience as direct-to-DVD films. What? They were meant to be sort of spin-offs. Mm-hmm. But they said, we don't see a viability in it because there's no John Kramer. And that's where you're like... Ah, you've got your head screwed on there, but yeah. why didn't you apply that to Spiral? We'll get to that. So this movie is Darren Lynn Balesman's last one.
0: Yeah.
1: And I don't think he... he I don't think he's bored. I think he loves this series. But like most horror directors, he's like, I want to be known for more than this. And he went on and directed a lot of different horror movies. He's always been pitted in horror. He went on and did a musical called The Genetic Opera. wasn't that good. Visually, it was interesting. And then he did another movie called Mother's Day, which is a survival home invasion thriller sensational movie Mm. one of my favorite movies he's made so he obviously was like i'm done with this series now i've got my name out there i've got the money in my pocket you're going to continue with or without me i'm just going to go out on a big one because this one is quite you can feel it's quite big with the traps with the gore with the unraveling of everything you can tell that it was kind of like okay i want this to be as energized as the others yeah and then also let's throw in something like a curveball that will mess everything up, Mm -hmm. which is the character of the police officer. And I think he did go out on a high. I do feel that a certain energy is missed when he leaves. Not so much that you go, oh, this movie's awful. But you can tell when Darren Lynn left, it was kind of like, we need to get in someone quick. Because they were doing these films year by year by year by year. Literally, they only had like a a month or two... uh, what was it? One of the movies wasn't finalised literally until three hours before um, initial release, meaning you needed an initial uh, end date, like mm. you need to finish this fucking mm. film now because it's going to be on the screens across the world. I've
0: got a little analogy for that. Mm. So this is obviously the last one from Bowsman, Lynn Bowsman. So I feel like like you've just kind of dropped a ring from the top of the sky and he's dropped it and somebody further down has grabbed it but hasn't then come back up
1: no he's just
0: and he's just kind of stayed in that in in the path that he was going that person was going which is just kind of straight from there so you can't ever get back up
1: no to those, right. so that's why expectations so, uh, of him returning was like he's gonna go, he's taking that ring. Yeah, I like that now, it's beautiful. So basically, he's cut when Bowsman in this like allegory, he should be taking that ring and then going back up. Yeah, but instead, he goes like 10 stories down. Yeah,
0: it's just kind of like it's, because, because it's not completely dive bombed, but it has dropped quite considerably from up there to somebody's caught it and gone okay I'll just keep going at this and I'll, I'll
1: go into later when we review Spire and why I believe he shit the bed on it because I think he thinks he's better than the Saw films he did before yeah which I think is his greatest flaw as a filmmaker and as a creator he's been blindsided by ego um, so yeah final f-
0: few words on number four and a rating then please Mr Ferguson
1: I think it has to be four stars I think what's introduced to Cop's uh, involvement and how that's going to branch out and how the other character, uh, of um, he was meant to die at the end of the game, but he survived by putting a pen in his neck and defeating the game. That is another curveball thrown in, like, oh, fuck. I thought I'd done this game to a T. And then you're also going into the next film, you're interested to see how far back he has been involved. Mm -hmm. Because you don't know. So yeah, four stars for Saw 4. I
0: would agree.
1: Now, Saw 5 is directed by David Fickle? Two secs. I've
0: only got synopsis up here.
1: Finkle?
0: Fickle? I mean, it would be really handy to hackle. Hackle. I always assume... because well, yeah, I said that. I said his surname was really well placed, as in, like, hack.
1: Yeah.
0: And a bit kind of, like, because it's like hackle, like, Jekyll, um, Jekyll and Hyde. That kind of hackle. Anyway, me and my analogies, sorry, do go on.
1: Of whom... Was meant to be a mainstay in the series. But he didn't end up being a mainstay. Because they ended up handing this over to the editor of the series. He made his directorial debut with Saw 6. And then he was meant to return for Saw 7. The 3D film. But he had to pull out three weeks before production. Because of schedule conflict. So then they were like let's just bring in the last guy involved. We're in safer hands with the editor. Because he's been the... Uh, He's been with us from the beginning. He basically, along with the filmmakers and everyone else involved, has been the genetic structure of the series. But the fifth one, I remember going into this, watching this review, thinking this is one I, I I dislike the most. But if anything, rewatch is the benefit of these films because it kind of falls upon you the 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 density and the layers of the psych psychology of it, the parameters. The structures, the devices, not physical in the vein of the traps, but just the, the devices of which they apply. Um, so, yeah, sightmopsies, so please.
0: Detective Mark Hoffman is deemed a hero after he saves a young girl and escapes, in inverted commas, one of Jigsaw's games. Also, it seems. Special Agent Peter Strahm is suspicious of him after an injured agent, agent Lindsay Perez, says Hoffman's name. While Agent Strom looks into Detective Hoffman's past, five people who helped burn down a building which was supposedly abandoned face a series of tests set up by Jigsaw.
1: Now, we forgot to mention this. Uh, Jill, John Kramer's wife, was introduced in the last film. Yes. Where the life of him and Jill, quite a heartbreaking one they had. They, they She got pregnant at, you know, probably later stage in her life with John, they mm-hmm. found each other finally. And, you know, Kramer obviously comes from a privileged, elevated stance and position.
0: Sorry, it looked like it was leaking from, from my angle. Sorry.
1: She's talking about my vape, not my penis. <laughs>
0: <clears throat> Do go on.
1: And it introduces Jill. It also broadens a backstory to Jigsaw that you. A lot of characters don't get in horror franchises. Generally, you don't really you really
0: understand why he does what he you're does. You're not meant
1: to sympathise with the killer, no. and those of whom try to do that in certain series, it use it. It loses its ambiguity. It loses its mystique. Its its veneer. <laughs> its layers. If you do that with a Freddy or if you do that with a Jason, or if you do it, let's say, with uh, Michael Myers. I know loads of people don't like 2007's Halloween reboot by it Rob Zombie, but I thought it was definitely done with the background and the approach as to giving a a, a, a resonance behind what wh- wh- where, where does this villain come from. The more supernatural characters and horror franchises don't need it because the mystique is what it's all about. With John Kramer, it's not about his mystique. He's not hiding his face. He becomes less known as the Jigsaw Killer and then becomes more notarised for being John Kramer, Jigsaw. Mm -hmm. He's not a character hiding. He's a character leaving an imprint and a legacy, a continual one with what he is doing and what he's continuing to implement down the years, whether decades, months, days. He's there on the forefront. I'm the man doing this. I don't want it for fame or fortune. I just want it to be a testament to... Uh, this psyche and this uh, methodology that I have so created that people understand and also have a kinship with and giving that character a background is not detrimental you need, kind of need to know his background and his relationships and what kind of part paves this new direction and certain crazier um, mentality and you know sentiment towards society and people and the whole repentive. uh uh, nature of things you need to have that background and i like that introduction and that is again also carried over it's not the ball isn't dropped in any way it's always this is what's really good with the writers of whom we've come in and played with it they've continued taking that baggage carrying it over but also kind of adding extra pockets to that bag mm-hmm. and then they opening it zipping it up and it's just like a whole weird Contraption in of itself. There's a contraption within the psyche and the development of the story and the non-linear elements. The real trap for us as a viewer is the piece of all this together. <clears throat>
0: absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Um. I don't really know what to say about this one. The thing is, I'm just going to end up saying the same thing about every single one
1: of them. <laughs> I mean, it's. It, I like they they take the character of Hoffman, and uh, you then see his background as well. Yeah. Where he started, and also that competitive nature between him and Amanda.
0: Yeah. I Amanda should...
1: doesn't trust him, and he thinks Amanda's a highly strung, unpredictable uh, <laughs> pawn in this game. But
0: they both are. I think this is mm. the thing. It shows a lot of projection of each character onto one another because it 's like i don 't trust you because ro are well i don't trust you because' wrong and they 're projecting their personality traits onto each other effectively, and they 're both kind of right and they 're both kind of wrong, which is is interesting, but I think the thing is and and like kind of pulling on what you said earlier about how you don 't you don 't ever have a, um uh, you don 't usually ever have any sympathy for the the killer the yeah. the the, the um, the person that orchestrates all of these things, but I think the thing is, is you, you're kind of sitting there going like, John wouldn't have wanted this mm. as a person. You're yeah. like, he might be dead, but he wouldn't have wanted yeah. this. It. And it's, it's, it's interesting because you wouldn't expect to feel that way about no. the person that started this, but you know, it's right in that sense. He wouldn't have wanted this kind of you two arguing. He wants you to continue his, his plight, his his um his way of saving humans i guess he's not just going out to kill people because he thinks they deserve to be dead he's going out to 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 test them and you know these people that are his disciples aren't continuing this they're not they're not are they they're not continuing what he wanted they're just torturing and killing people
1: in in the name of john kramer whereas yeah. john kramer knows. You're not doing it in the name of me, you're doing it because you're still at heart a very complicated, flawed yeah. character. And he's and you're still part testing of the game. Him. Yeah, it's a test.
0: Way ahead. And the
1: same with Amanda. It's like that's proven in this film as well. Like this was Amanda's test. Yeah. And it's continuing at yeah, the yeah. end of uh, film, is it film five or film four, where Hoffman is like, but your game, Hoffman,
0: yeah. is yet to begin. Yeah.
1: And even though he's happy to. But the thing is, that what I really like about Hoffman as a character. He's enjoying this. He likes it, yeah. and he likes the notion that yeah, John Kramer's playing a game with me. All right, mate. Like mm. the end of it when he's, he's like, listening I'm to I'm cleverer it, than you. Yeah, I can. And I he thinks he's, he's evolved in the game. Yeah. Uh, is this the one that then turns out to be in the same time frame as number three? Because when the detective um, who survived the neck uh, by surviving, yeah, yeah, yeah. this is one that ties into it's it's within the same time frame of. Yes, And this is what really makes Whirly good. Because when he picks up that thing with the thing like, your game's just begun, you're assuming, okay, everything that unfolds after here is within a linear timeline. But then it turns out that it's way after the effect. He has already done everything beforehand. Yeah. He has already been witness to this. He has already killed that detective yeah. who survived the neck implement. Yeah. And that was very clever. At first, you're kind of like, what? What? I thought Kramer, What? But it's clever because it ties back into Kramer was literally on the cusp of death whilst this other detective was right on it. Yeah. And then he ends up like, I've got you, Hoffman. And he kind of trips himself into the the trap. Yeah. He assumes it's a trap with the glass in the uh, box. Yeah. And then it's actually, no, this is for my safety, dude. You're fucked. Yeah. And that is coming within 30 minutes of Kramer's actual demise. Yeah. And then after that, it makes sense that he gets that... Um, that recorder. After all of this has happened, yep. and I like that with the whole non-linear stuff. It's very clever, yeah. very clever, very strategic, very deceptive. But that's the
0: whole point. It's mm. the strategy. Yeah, and I think that's <clears throat> that's the thing that that has kept me going throughout the whole thing is the strategy and the 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 intelligence of what's being set up. No, no matter, I just want to watch them again. I oh, know, talking about it, yeah. I'm like, oh, I kind of want to watch them all over again. Uh, audio commentaries now, all those special features. Oh, I'm not going to lie, audio commentary sounds like a good idea. Um, yeah. Not us doing an audio commentary.
1: No, we mean we listening to it. Yeah. Because you really but, have to suffer me talking about Monster Hunter. <laughs>
0: um, but, yeah, it, it's just... um. It is I think that's the thing. That's the thing I just love about all of them, most of them, is is the strategy. All of them, most of them. It's the strategy and the intelligence behind those strategies are just they're ingenious. And not only that,
1: the ingenuity of coming up with these traps. I know. Like the writers are heavily involved with the prop makers because yeah. they basically go to the prop makers and they're like, "What do you have up your sleeve?" And they're like, "Well, we've got a whole load of ideas." It's just whether you want to use them in the thing. And they're very heavily involved with that, I believe. Because I don't think it's just the writers. You need someone who's actually an engineer Mm, to mm. construct these. The whole fucking thing is brilliant. And this is another five-star one for me.
0: Absolutely. Couldn't agree more.
1: So, number six.
0: Number six. uh, Special Agent Strom is dead and Detective Hoffman has emerged as the unchallenged successor to Jigsaw's legacy. However, when the FBI draws closer to Hoffman, he is forced to set a game into motion and Jigsaw's grand scheme is finally understood.
1: Yeah, this is the one where another previous character we, we're led to believe got killed by shrapnel being embedded in her face comes out and she's one of the like team that's really been guiding towards getting Hoffman. And again, it's more unravelling of Jill's... Uh,
0: yeah, because this is the one where she gets the box from John's lawyer mm-hmm. with the six envelopes with instructions. And she gives the first five to Hoffman. Sorry, again, I'm, I'm yeah. reading other uh, synopsis. Cc's. Um, and then it goes on to the unethical CEO of the Umbrella Health, William Easton, and his team were abducted, and William is forced to play a game and choose who will live or die to save his family and him was this the one that we were i wasn't that keen on or was that the seventh no it was the seventh I wasn't keen on but
1: then we ended up liking the seventh one uh, did we yeah because it ties yeah, it up at the I end suppose. of that big revelation so this
0: is the one where he has to choose who to shoot in the head right with the yeah the boss of the
1: and it shows this uh insurance person who fucked over john
0: oh yes of course this one of we course. did really enjoy yes we did really enjoy this one um again, sorry guys, there's first of all it's been a number of weeks between having watched them uh a number of things have happened. Um between having watched these films and doing this podcast. Uh and also there are so many of them, they all just start to merge into one giant great big saw Movie, film. Yeah. Um so you
1: One big almost twelve hour epic. It's a bit like a book, isn't it? Yeah.
0: It it all just kind of And if you
1: leave smushes. like if you leave like even a couple of Like even if you leave a day between a certain chapter, I'm reading a book by Neil Asher, and I said to Laura, "I need to do a chapter today because if I miss out on literally a day's worth, and I go back into this book, I'm I'm not I don't know where the fuck I am."
0: But this and this is the same with these films, although we watched them in incredibly close succession because it was. We didn't review
1: it in close succession of watching them. We
0: didn't because we well we ran out of time because I had to come home, didn't I? But. That's that's the thing is because it's been such a long time. I'm going. Which one was that again? Because it does just feel like a giant epic movie, uh, with some shitty bits in it. A Bit like when you read a book, where there's some shitty chapters. Yeah. You like that chapter was shit. Yeah, this
1: one I really like because again, it's it's folding in all this different. It's like you're made. It's like you're folding in different things to make a perfect like uh, pastry or mix. Absolutely,
0: this one was the one where I knew a bit more. So the the films prior to this were very much like, I can't even think about trying to get my head around what's going on, in the sense of what the backstory is, who's doing what. Mm. This was the one where I knew, with that box and those envelopes, I knew Jill was holding something back, even though, as an audience, we weren't supposed to know that. I knew something was held back, I knew something wasn't right, and that was revealed right at the end, like it usually is. Is
1: this the one where... No, that's the next film. This is the one where she's implemented something as of which to get Hoffman out of the game. And it's the second one where he's going to get her to knock her yeah. out of the...
0: This, the end of this one is the one where she tries to kill him because he was the last envelope. Yeah. He was the sixth envelope. She
1: and It shows that she didn't want to be part of it, culpable, but Kramer gave her no choice. He basically folded her into this.
0: But he gave her six envelopes, and he she then gave um, Hoffman five to say these are the last people that John wants to to repent their sins, and then he went off to to torture them. Really, he didn't do the kind of repenting thing, did he? He doesn't. He, he doesn't, he he doesn't does really torture. want. He
1: doesn't really want people to win the game.
0: No, he wants to torture people because
1: yeah. I I think he's kind of that. He likes a deification of himself. As you can see from the media, I'm the hero of this. He likes to think he's the greatest survivor of Jigsaw himself because he was put through a task. And
0: he's gutted, gutted and every he's time. And he's
1: continually put through a task. Yeah.
0: But he's gutted every single time that there is somebody that has survived. Yeah. He's like, that's not supposed to happen. He doesn't right. agree with that. No. These people should be murdered because yeah. they're bad people. Yeah. And I think this is the thing. So, yeah, so this is the moment where he's, he's given these five last people to, 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 yeah. to test, to yeah. teach them the, their lessons. Um, and again, it's it's very much a, um, a torture game rather than a, a repenting game. And uh, what he doesn't realise is the sixth envelope is, in fact, uh, his face in those, you know, because they have a picture of each person, don't they, in the envelope? And, and Jill opens it at the end and it's his face. And, and um, we realise that actually this whole thing has been his game. Again, almost, yeah. And
1: this is the one where the man has to make the ultimate decision and it comes to the end where we're there's another there's another parallel story of this family who are put mm. in a chamber mm-hmm. and we assume that he's heading towards to save his family and it all turns out oh, he's heading towards to save his sister. Yes. And this family of whom are part of this game, John apologises, he says, I'm, I'm not putting you here to torture you or to hurt you, mm. I'm putting here to give you that decision mm. to you know hurt this man of whom killed your father because he wouldn't give him uh insurance important. money for his uh and i that again i know it's sick and twisted but that shows the humanity of kramer yeah he's absolutely. like this man killed your father he, he ruined that opportunity to do it yeah and this man through this journey you kind of assume that he's 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 making these decisions and he's going, it, it, it's not like that, it's just business, da 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 And you think, okay, you're kind of learning this, and then they get to the end of it, and then he still hasn't learned mm. the self-sacrifice at all. No. Because he it. sees the family and he's like, the fuck are you, what are you doing here? Why are here? you here? And she's yeah. like, I know you. Yeah. She's like, yeah, you killed my husband, and the woman's like, I can't do this. And that's why he put the son in the game, because he knew this is the one time where someone acting uh, irrationally, is actually the best course of action. He expects and anticipates for that young man to react that way. Because he could have easily just had the mum in there, but he gave the opportunity to both of them. And he knew that that boy's irrationality would end up killing this guy. This Mm -hmm. guy has survived this game and helped certain other individuals leading up to it and that death is fucking nasty, man. That, that 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 cage that ensconces him and then it's all those injections and he like literally fizzles acid. And throughout you're thinking the acid is going to come from the... Uh,
0: the whole time. You don't know whether it's going to be the the woman that's on her own or the, the who's woman... Who's vaguely
1: and... associated with... Because we're led to believe in a lot of ways that the way he's talking is that's his lover. And that's his family. Yeah. So the family's there because he's a cheat. So you decided between this woman or his family. Yeah, no, no. Your, your sister or this family that you've fucked up by being a businessman shyster.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And
1: Kramer is... Ugh! Oh, it just shows Kramer's ingenuity. And he doesn't like... He likes the notion of playing a hot-tempered characteristics, but he specifically knew that kid's going to make the right decision because it's what's right. Mm -hmm. This man deserves this pain. Not just because he... He, he didn't afford me the benefit because John's like, money isn't a problem when it comes to me. Mm. It's principle. And yeah. I like that because you're sitting there and you're going, he's an insurance man. He's there. He's like, well, will my insurance cover this? Experimental treatment. He's offering this experimental treatment. He's like, the money we can't fork out. and Because you're watching it and you're going, Kramer has so much money, it seems. Yeah. Why are you coming here? It's not about the money. And he says it in the end. It's not about the money. Mm. It's about the principle.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh! beautiful man five stars I would agree wholeheartedly let's move on to the final chapter that is not the final chapter they really
1: did think it would be though
0: they did Um, so detective Matt Gibson chases the psychotic detective Mark Hoffman while Jigsaw's widow Jill Tuck tries to kill him as assigned by her husband however he escapes and Jill meets Gibson and offers to sign an affidavit affidavit Listing the murders committed by Hoffman. In return, she requests protection. Meanwhile, the Bigancy prominent... Because he
1: survived.
0: Meanwhile, the prominent jigsaw survivor and leader of a support group, Bobby Dagan, is abducted with his wife and friends and forced to play a mortal game to save not only his wife, but three of his colleagues as well, because he's a lying little shit. And isn't
1: a survivor.
0: Now... Yes, now I remember. This was the one you were like, this is shit, this is boring. The first, but... 10,
1: first 10, 15 minutes, it doesn't look like a Saw film. Yeah. They're using red cameras. This yeah. is a movie that was going to really push in. Was on... that
0: the one that started with the people in the Yes, and window. the awful gore. Yes.
1: This is the film, that of which was, it was 2010. 3D was new. Huge. It was a huge thing. They're like, let's go out on a huge epic scale let's make this 3D Yeah. the film starts and you look at it and you go this looks like a television film straight
0: away you know that this, this doesn't is going to be look shit. like a
1: saw film it doesn't feel like a saw film Yeah. what's going on when you go into when the cameras are not 3D cameras or when they're not too focused on the 3D gimmickry you can tell the first 15 20 minutes they were like let's make this the most 3D fucking film ever mm. after the first 20 minutes it then starts going thankfully down the right roots of Saw.
0: It was the colouring, I remember, as well. Yeah. The colouring of everything was so bright. And and the, whole, the whole point of Saw films is they Garry. are dark. D- <clears throat> they are dark. They are dingy. You colour dark <laughs> But they are, aren't they? They're kind of almost... It's almost greyscale. Almost. They've got
1: their own visual palette. Yeah. Each Saw film looks like a Saw film. Yeah.
0: You know it's sore, even if you haven't got the... If you if your TV is muted and you've just walked in from having your roast dinner on a Sunday and night... And
1: not, it's not even somebody of whom is in a trap. If they're just detectives talking... Yeah, just, you know
0: it's a sore film mm-hmm. in literally half a second yeah. of glancing at the TV, yeah. you go, that's sore. Yeah, yeah. Straight away, because of the colour palette. Because
1: the colour palette, the colour grading, the way it's cut. And what I was so surprised is the editor of this... Uh, did the previous film, a five-star Saw film for us. So he came in instead of David from the fifth film because it was literally, uh, uh oh, God, we've lost our director. Uh,
0: what are we doing Kevin.
1: Now? And they're like, Kevin, you're on board as editor anyway. So yeah. And he was like, yeah, fair dues. But you can tell this is where studio execs got a bee in their bonnet and were like, listen, we're doing a Saw film, but can the first 20 minutes just be about
0: really bad 3D imagery and gimmicks? I think it's not. I mean, in, in that sense, I understand they have to jump on the 3D bandwagon. I think if the whole thing was the 3D bandwagon, we'd be having a problem what here. What I like to... But they just did that first 10 min- minutes where it's like, we'll, we'll get the 3D shit over and done with, and then we'll move back to Saw. Just and making a Saw film.
1: And though but then there's a... At the end of the movie, there's a perfect... When there's a great big revelation that the doctor from the first film is a disciple... And he's, you know He's supporting Jill. Isn't Curry always yeah. is the one who is you are put here to be a, a what is it, an overseer. If anything happens to Jill, you implement this yeah. now. Yeah. You implement this now. If anything happens to Jill, you and everyone else associated, yeah, as my disciples need to go and deal with this yeah, man. Yeah. If she doesn't fulfil her end, not as in she's failed me, but he's won the yeah, game yeah. and he's going to hurt her, you're going to fucking And then that really natural bit where he puts him into the public loon scene from the first film when we see the corpse of uh, the uh, uh, private eye and then the doctor's there and he pick, and the saw's there and he picks it up and he's like, no, nah, you're not having this, you're going to rot in here. And he throws it naturally and it comes to the camera. That was well executed. We did not watch it in 3D, but you know... Natural That's little moments like That's that. when you It's impactful it. to the story. Yeah. It makes sense. It's even more impactful because he's thrown away this saw, which is the pinnacle to the series, the start of it, and the name of the film.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. But the
1: first 20 minutes were atrocious, ugly, but thank God the rest of the movie starts resembling what we're used to with a Saw film. And the story picks up. And then when you see the character of the Doctor...
0: It repents its own sins.
1: Sorry, yes. Do go on. It does. It's kind of like when he was there in that joint meeting, and you know that the doctor knows that he's a shyster and a liar. At this point, we don't know that he's a disciple. He's just this man who's got no, like, no, no foot, and he's just like
0: <laughs>
1: that creep.
0: That slow clap at the end, like you absolute. Twat.
1: I am so happy for the things you're doing for us here, and you're like. Okay, something's going on with him, but I don't know if it's insidious or he's just really pissed off because he's one of the first survivors.
0: And he's, 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 well, he's, I remember going into this film and I've gone? I don't why, remember
1: him. Yeah, but will you go why? No, because the film starts with showing Cary Elwes uh, cauterizing his leg at some point. Yeah, I think that's around the beginning or part part way through the film. So it's introducing that this character is returning. It turns out the doctor's office, that of which we've seen Jill in flashback in a few of the films previously, this shows how mapped out it is. People say that they go, oh, they wrote themselves into a corner. No, they're very aware of what they're doing. And if they are written into a corner with the whole death of Jigsaw, they kind of fucking expand it because you see her go to this doctor with an extra folder. And you look at the doctor's thing and if you're a big fan, you go... Oh, okay. But if you're not a big fan, you don't twig. because it's so quick. It's so you think it's a cameo. Oh, we're going to see the door. Okay, it's something yeah. to. And then when you actually see him back, you're like, oh, okay. But you like don't
0: him. know. And this is the this is what threw me. Is the the guy that's pretending to be a survivor. I'm going. I've just watched six films.
1: Yeah. Who the back fuck is back this to guy? Back, yeah. And
0: I'm going to you. Do you remember? I've gone. And it took me a while because I thought this is a really embarrassing thing to ask because we've just watched six films in the last twenty four hours, and I've I've eventually like got up the courage to look like an absolute twat, and I've gone, who is he? Should I know him? And Zach's gone, wait, and I'm like, fuck's sake, man! Like what? Where? And I'm I'm racking my brain through, you know, like what is it, 12 hours I was like, of I was like, wait, it will become apparent soon. Yeah, but, but I couldn't remember for the life of me and I'm racking my brain through the last 24 hours like, who is this guy? Who is this guy? And I'm like, I don't remember this guy. And I'm like, this guy doesn't exist. But the more I convinced myself that this guy didn't exist, I thought the more I'm being tricked yeah. into thinking he doesn't exist. But he does. Yeah. And then obviously he doesn't. Yeah. And he ends up having to do the it's, thing that he said he
1: survived, which is hilarious. It, it's brilliant. And um, this is what... What film was it? Which one was it? Where someone that that woman had to—they uh, were all put together, and they had to—and they were literally just killing each other off one by one just to get to the end. But at the and end, they didn't need to. The resulting was you just need to work as a team to survive. Which one was that? That
0: was the sixth, I think. That was the
1: sixth one, and you see characters from that film in this one, like in latter films. They are spread throughout, yeah. and they do make cameo appearances. Mm. But the greatest big. Uh, culmination to it is all of those who have survived them and who are in these fer- in this therapy sessions whether two films back or one film back they're at this session this man is leading and all these people are survivors and this man is at the center of it going this is how you cope mm. and it's hilarious because all these people have been have survived it yeah and they are disciples yeah so they're watching this guy like we you know you're a fake ass but we're just here to play the game but you don't you don't know that because the film kind of semi wants to lead you to believe that oh maybe this is a game that we just haven't been shown yet and because all these disciples not disciples like we know at the moment all these people who are survivors seem to be quite willing to let this nobody who's written a book and who's known in the public as a survivor
0: or if you're like me you have just watched six films and gone i must have been so drugged through one of them that i don't remember this character at all you don't drink (laughs) (laughs) um so,
1: and it was very clever as well that within the games, they were always pitting people against each other, though that whole thing is it's about teamwork. Remember that one guy is, you uh, he was basically said to him, you, you did the task I asked of you, you got everyone here together. And they're like, you motherfucker, you drugged me, you brought me here. And he's like, look, I'm as part of the game as you. And yeah. he ends up getting toasted, yeah. do not yeah. he? Yeah. All these little moments and sub-little games throughout the series I played, yeah. He wants. The, he wants their worst aspects of each other that he's he knows of. He's analysed and studied and got a file on. Mm. He wants them to fight amongst themselves, but he wants them to see a bigger picture. At the end of all this, they all could have saved each other. Yeah, maybe some that. of us weren't because he knew inherent that they weren't. No, they weren't going to.
0: Yeah. Um, see, so yeah, I think from my point of view, that this film did bring itself back around to. Somewhere a bit more decent. Um, I think
1: it, it, it to begin with, I was like, this is just atrocious. This is like a one star film. Then it was leading more into okay, it's still an off branch of what's come before. He ends up killing Jill with the uh contraption. He does. And that's where the disciples come in, and yeah. at the head of it is Carrie Elways's doctor. And what if that was the final film, what a fitting finale.
0: Yeah.
1: And I would end that series with a Full, good, strong four stars.
0: I think at the time I gave it three, but having now kind of talked about it a bit more and having watched Spiral, I will give you That four. film
1: puts everything into
0: perspective. <laughs> it really does. Uh, okay, so four stars. Yes. Right, so Jigsaw. Jigsaw. Uh, bodies are turning up around the city, each having met a uniquely gruesome demise. As the investigation proceeds, evidence points to one suspect, John Kramer, the man known as Jigsaw, who has been dead for over 10 years. But doesn't feel like he's been dead for 10 years. Because and I don't know whether that's because we've had a story which shows John Kramer in every single film, even though he's dead in those things because we're looking at flashbacks and
1: He's always... And stuff. This is the thing. You need Tobin Bell. You need that voice. You need his presence, not just through his disciples, but through his voice. You mm-hmm. need to know that he's at the head of it. Even if his legacy, leg- even if his legacy is being continued through these people, he's always going to be the voice. He's always going to be front and center. Yeah. Because each of these individual disciples are not him. Yeah. They don't have the presence of mind as he does. Yeah. And the interesting thing is, he doesn't feel like a like an empty an empty. Um, See, he doesn't feel like he's ever been gone because he's always there. Yeah, and even within the world, it's been ten years. He's he's still heavily focused. Yeah, he's still central because there's disciples and there's still ongoing games continuing. And again, this film plays with the whole non-linear aspect. But at each film you go into, you kind of you're so enraptured with what is unraveling. You sometimes seem to forget. Because I remember going into Jigsaw. And I remember the original title was uh, Saw Legacy. And they were like, "Mm, mm, no, because you're giving away the biggest plot point. Because by saying Legacy, you're admitting that John Kramer is dead. They really wanted to push in this film that John Kramer is alive. They want to lead you to believe this, don't they, with this film? And you do kind of go, oh, he's here in the flesh. You always get like that when you see him, Yeah. but indicators, hairstyle, facial hair, if you're very attuned to it, if you're not so lost in the moment, you realise, okay, this is a certain time that John's in. Mm. With the uh, goatee, yeah. that line, that's at the beginning, near yeah, the beginning, but because you're so raptured in the moment of, is he actually alive? Because throughout the movie, they question it, a lead you to believe, his grave is empty. Yeah, everything is to a T. Yeah, there's DNA of him everywhere.
0: Yeah,
1: something's fucked up here. Is John Kramer actually alive? Alive. Yeah. Whilst well, in juxtaposition and par- parallel, we are showing a <laughs> a game that has happened ten years previously, but up in parallel with the linear storyline. Mm. And like the big great revelation is this is one of the bigger ones, and this is another new disciple who's been there at the beginning, who's been an engineer with him. Yeah. And that is the perfect thing. This movie isn't about restoring John Kramer in the sense as a physical embodiment. It's about his legacy. And Jigsaw is a perfect Saw film. Also, it's a little bit more... It's got humour, but it's not not a huge contrast. Whereas they inject humour that doesn't work at all in Spiral... Enough humour in this film through characters, yeah. not through the setups, but through characters' perspectives and behaviours, mm-hmm. is what like l- like it a bit. But it's still as enrapturing and engrossing as any other Saw film. And even if you go into this you know with a little bit of modicum of insight or fanboyism you kind of you're so lost in the the eccentricities of the traps and the fast pace and cut of it and the which way things are going it always forces you to forget that these stories are told non-linear but you're always led to believe it's being told in a linear fashion
0: yeah that's why it's so clever that's why it's so incredibly clever um i mean i was the person who was sat there the whole time like Oh my God! He's been dead for ten years, but he's not dead. I was the person that wasn't really looking at his goatee uh, or hairstyles. I was so in it that no. I did genuinely. It's one of those things, isn't it, where you do you're constantly questioning yourself, and there's constantly so many twists that you just never know. So you there's a part of you that just tries to stop guessing, but then there's the other part of you that's just like you can't help but try and guess yeah. as to what the fuck's going on. Um, and this this is the one right where. We are actually looking at the deaths of people that happened. Is this the one that where they the deaths happened so long ago, but then they end up coming back to the same place later on? or Was that the last? Film? He
1: he starts killing bodies. The disciple.
0: He, he kills people, but this trap happened. This was what this was. The it's first tricking trap. you. The
1: film's tricking you. Yeah. This film that these people were going through, that he was a part of, minimally, he saved in the end because he had a b- break of conscience. Mm. John went, it wasn't his fault that he fucked up my mm. my result. And that's implemented in the beginning or at some point when he's reintroduced because you're going, so someone's fucked up his doctor's results. He actually didn't have cancer. So yeah. what we've seen come before is all bogus. Mm he's alive and that's what they want us to think mm. it's actually it was a moment of conscience where he's like you know what I, I can't kill this young man and because he was part of military and army when you see him with his shirt off being a great dad or like getting dressed you're like that's from war yeah not realizing actually that was him getting cut up by the razor blades with the game yeah. what he's doing this man is he's killing these people similar to those in order of the so it confuses the audience, whilst he's making a statement 10 years on yeah. of yeah, a game yeah, that yeah, he yeah, survived, yeah. no one else did, and he's yeah. putting DNA into these new people to basically conv- convince people in, it's in happening the, in in the, the real linear time, time real yeah. time. But it wasn't. Well, the audience wise, they're conning us as well as conning the people within the web. Yeah. Yeah. But he's actually carrying on a legacy that has taken on a huge impetus he's obviously moved on 10 years forward having nothing to do with them but now coming to this peak it's like kramer needs something from me now i've helped him with all these devices but this is my this is my point to hammer home his ethos is still around and that ethos was going to be carried over in two more films and i think they were going to branch out with the disciples just sadly between that end the producers were like Oh, we made so much money, but for some odd, li- some odd reason, we're listening to critics. I think the brothers who got involved and directed it did really fucking well. I wanted to see their two other movies. I wanted to see the two other movies that they had lined up. Mm-hmm. Um, I really believe that there was a per- there was chance that John Cramer would return. There was a chance that they would switch switcheroo or they would play another number on us. Uh, The Brothers have have done a whole hodgepodge of different materials. They did Daybreakers, Predestination, the awful Winchester film. But this movie feels like Saw. It doesn't have that super sped up, ratcheting, erratic, uh, fast cut or pace. But it feels more traditional in the sense of traditional Saw, whilst also just a little bit more dynamic it feels flashier it feels bigger budget whereas the saw films don't feel low budget but there's just a little bit more of a finesse and a veneer and a style towards it that of which has sadly been uh catered and just like i think everything that should have been ushered onto this film this film in particular jigsaw hasn't been misplaced and put onto spiral this film could have been the perfect end because this movie is ending where it all began And if they weren't going to do the rest of those two movies, I think they could have ended this here. They made their film. They deliberately decided to call it Jigsaw because "Hmm, this is a chance to do maybe a final trilogy or we could do this. But between this, some studio executives listened too much to the critics who said, we want something different. We want to refresh this, revive this. If you want to refresh it and revive it, (laughs) you know... Look what has come before. You can't kind of have already done that with Jigsaw in the way it was filmed and executed. The Saw franchise is as powerful as it is because of John Kramer, because of Tobin Bell. If you want to reboot this, but within the same world, it's not going to work. The audiences aren't interested about the page from the book of Saw. No one's interested in that. We're interested in John. We're not interested in a new pig puppet. We're not interested in any of that. For me, Jigsaw is four stars. I think there was something else that could... I think this movie could have been a five-star movie if those two other movies came out, because it could have been a fitting trilogy piece. Mm. You know that they had a set-up and they had an ideal and an ideal notion of where it was going to go.
0: Yeah, absolutely, but
1: it... So, Jigsaw, four stars from me. I would agree. I need to go to the toilet, so do you want to either pause or do the synopsis of Spiral? I'll do
0: the synopsis and then I'll pause okay so synopsis for spiral working in the shadow of his father an esteemed police veteran which is samuel l jackson brash detective zeke banks played by chris rock and his rookie partner take charge of a grisly investigation into murders that are eerily reminiscent of the city's gruesome past unwittingly entrapped entrapped in a deepening mystery, Zeke finds himself at the center of the killer 's morbid game
1: don 't mind the crackles Laura is just having a rice cake snack so spiral uh, i don 't know where, i, I don 't know where to start I mean as soon as you you find out that Chris Rock is associated with anything, your interest generally decreases. I don't think Chris Rock is. I don't think Chris Rock is funny. I don't think he's a he's a talent in the least. Uh, I've seen loads of people go out their way to say you're racist if you acknowledge that his mere existence is screaming. I'm not generally talking about the black race. I'm not racist. I'm just being Chris Chris Rockist. The guy does not have uh, tone. He doesn't have the awareness of pitch. He doesn't have talent. He is shit. So what happens is he came across Lionsgate and all he said to them was, I'd like to be in a horror franchise. I'm a big big Saw uh, fan. And I listened to Chris Rock's interview recently on Empire Podcast. Oh God, it hurt. Chris Rock is of the belief, Laura, that every movie in existence would be bettered if he was in it. This is the actual truth that he believes. And he has said, oh, if a black comedian like me can be in it, I think I would improve upon it.
0: Or it was more like, if a black comedian like me was in it, I would be dead in it. Um, I think if every <coughs> film had Chris Rock in it, I would no longer be on this planet.
1: Chris Rock came in with an idea that was so sick. No, what the execs thought were Chris Rock. He can have a resurgence. He'll get more bums in seats. Because he has a huge wide, wide fan base in America. Uh I don't understand it. I don't think his comedy's unique. It's just based upon screaming at people. And it's not even screaming, it's more screeching like a vulture. Yeah. Um The guy cannot act, so he came in with a sick idea, a sick idea that was going to rejuvenate, and this is one thing I have an issue with. Darren Lynn Bowlesman has come come towards us and said, I want to approach it as a different filmmaker, as a grown-up, more mature filmmaker. Dude, you're chatting shit. He's kind of written off those Saw films as his early days and his bad movies. Dude, since... Mother's Day, you have not made a decent film, it's all been directed DVD shit, we've also done a reactorama to one of your movies, Saint Agatha, ouch, ouch, so you're coming to us trying to, in, trying to con us into believing that you're going to approach this material as a better director, I much prefer you as a director in your almost amateur days, You lend this film nothing. If anything, you disrespect the legacy that you helped craft, the style, the resonance. You basically have written off something so perfect, so brilliant, in favour of what? A bigger budget? Easy payday? When I heard your name associated, that was the only reason I wanted to see this, because I thought you would lend something to it. And loads of film critics like Chris Stuckman and co have said, oh, this movie feels bigger and broader. This film looks cheap as fuck. It is ugly, it doesn't look like Saw, it doesn't feel like Saw. The story has nothing to do with Saw, uh, the, the Saw legacy. It is from the book of Saw, so we're kind of telling you it's nothing to do with Saw, so why try and associate it with Saw? There's a lot of cringy insert shorts to remind us Hey, it is all based upon John Kramer. It isn't. Nothing is associated with Kramer. If the overall killer at the end of this was maybe a disciple, you would have forgiven it. But we don't have the voice. We don't have the presence of John Kramer, even that of the disciples. At one point, I believe there was a female voice behind the new puppet, the pig puppet. I was kind of bleeding myself up, beefing the notion that, oh, they aren't completely fucking us with having Chris Rock come in, telling lame jokes, failing to perform, failing to be an actor. Chris Rock looked like the type of person who stumbled on set, put on a costume, and they're like, let's just make do with him whilst we can. He was worse than even Edward in his own movies, and Edward is notorious for being one of the worst directors ever. I can disagree in that moment, but the, 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 the whole the whole hypothetical and the whole analogy is obvious. There's a moment where Chris Rock has to stumble in, and he literally does, and go, what? What was that? Hey, what was that? Was that a gunshot? Oh wee! we? And you can just kind of hear his entourage behind the camera going, oh, Oscar worthy. (laughs) There's so many ego boosters and groupies behind you. With the notion of making money, notion of making something relatable and ghettoized towards a certain trend in Hollywood. It's disingenuous. It comes across as crass and just ill-defined. And we've mentioned this. If you want to ghettoize something and make it culturally relevant about ethnicity and race inequality, you actually do a decent story. You don't just briefly mention it or stereotypicalise it in the film itself because it comes away w- as disingenuous and disinteresting. Even the likes of Samuel Jackson literally was here because a subclause said to him, look, you've got a contract with Lionsgate. We need to use you for one of these films. Can we get you in and just say motherfucker at least ten times? <laughs> but the thing is, Chris Rock out-motherfuckers Samuel Jackson, even in this movie... Darren Lynn Bowesman has approached this as read after the fact it was released. I mean, would I have given this film a little bit of allowance if Darren Lynn had come out and said, look, it's a completely new thing, it's completely about the tension, it's not about the gore, it's not about the traps, it's not about the interrelatability of Saw, it's just something new completely. Well, in the vein of doing something completely new, you add nothing. The whole basis of Saw is John Kramer, Tobin Bell. And to think Darren Lynn Bowesman didn't even ever... And the creators ever had a modicum of, of awareness at any point, the upside of, oh, we're going to have Chris Rock screaming his way and flailing his arms about in this movie. Tobin Bell is what makes this series. His personality, his charisma, his presence. This film is awful. It is terrible. It's not action-packed. It's not tense. It is uh, hodgepodge of scenes with a flailing Chris Rock, a screeching Chris Rock, a Chris Rock opening up pretty little parcels, even with these new puppets and these new veins and taking the concept of the spiral, which generally, though it it spoke upon a loop going back on itself, they even have the audacity to reference this, this John Kramer almost adage. But the thing is, John Kramer means the cyclical thing. It will always go back to his general basis. Well, this person of whom is going out his way to be the new jigsaw has no association. He hasn't survived the traps. Mm. he has literally just been suffered at the hands of corrupt cops by losing his father. He has no association. He is a copycat killer. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't work. I know that they try and, like, give excuse as to not having Tobin Bell because it's from the Book of Saw. What the fuck is the Book of Saw? The Book of Saw, if anything, would be about the dedicated disciples continuing this legacy. This film does nothing. It has nothing bearing any similarities or stylistic or, you know, cohesion to what is Saw. Apart from name alone put on the poster. Chris Rock didn't come up with a sick idea. It was a lot of ego, a lot of back pain, and a lot of desperation. They wanted to take a popular black icon and disingenuously use it to cater to a new specific audience. That of whom, that of whom wish to believe what are more woke. Because they are now watching people with black leads. It's all disingenuous and it sticks out like a sore thumb. This isn't a ghettoized sore. This isn't even a sore film. It's that old saying of these people are pissing on us and not even with the courtesy of calling it rain. I feel this movie could almost be an almost meta commentary or a meta trap in of itself. This film is probably as painful as one of John Kramer's own traps because you're watching people struggling to act Chris Rock, you're watching and struggling to see what the whole creative team wants to do. It's not about tension because there's not a lick of it, there's no genuine interest. The traps aren't interesting. And then you take that adage of the spiral, that of which was redefined in Jigsaw as an actual first trap that wasn't used, but was used, but has yet to be used using this this emblem of one of his traps and his adages but don't have the balls or the nails to actually associate it with the man of whom created it. I I I I I feel like I'm I'm just waffling now and I am because I wanted to give time for Laura to eat her cake so it's your time to talk now.
0: Thanks um look the tensest thing was uh for me was um how loud Chris Rock was gonna scream in the next scene (laughs) uh, whereby There were short milliseconds worth of moments that Chris Rock wasn't talking. Sorry, screaming. Um, Screeching. As I say, the tensest bit was actually how much I need to wince to prepare myself for the screech that was coming. Um, This wasn't a Saw film, as Zach has just said. This was a... um, A genuine cash cow. Piece of shit.
1: They literally leaned on the, the name of Saw... We're like, let's just make a, a movie that is supposedly Saw, but we're evolving it. You can't evolve for this without who?
0: John Kramer. And why? Because John Kramer is Saw. Mm-hmm. He is Jigsaw. He makes the Saw films. He doesn't obviously physically make the Saw films, but you know what I mean. Um, And I, I think the thing here is that a lot of people have said, um, Zach included, that this is all about ensuring that we've got enough black um, actors into... Uh, these films and making sure that we are culturally diverse uh ethnicity wise we are diverse problem is there's been black actors black actors throughout the saw movies full stop um so we didn't actually need to be any more culturally or ethnic ethnically diverse because we already fucking were with the saw movies. One of the first detectives was i'm not sure who he was donald glover by, he
1: was originally meant to be related chris rock's character if they even implemented that i might have forgiven it a little bit but
0: there's nothing to tie this with previous films no chris rock is not a um good actor i wouldn't even call him an actor uh he is is... just a face and a, 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 a
1: voice in hollywood that seems to have stayed
0: he's supposed to be comedic uh, if they'd have made Saw comedic, it would have been possibly even better than actually what it was. Because then we would have really known it wasn't a Saw film. Um, I hate the fact that it felt like they were trying to reboot something that wasn't re- rebootable. You didn't need to reboot Saw. It didn't need that. Uh, You could have continued or just stopped. It didn't really matter either way. Quite frankly, I would have been happy for Jigsaw to have been the last one. I would have been quite happy if... That Was supposed to be a uh, spin off uh, if they'd have made it a comedic spin off, like they have done with other spoof type movies, then you can forgive it for I mean, it's no, misjustices.
1: no, I wouldn't. Why would you want a, a spoof spin off of Saw and have it related? Or you mean just a spoof Saw film, just a spoof Saw film, okay, with no relation with no relation? Okay, I get if that. they'd
0: have done that and they'd made it comedic, they well, could kind
1: of have with some scary
0: movie films, yeah, but if they had done that specifically. As a spoof-saw movie with no connection, then I would have gone, okay, if they had made it okay, funny. Okay, one star.
1: How awful. <laughs> well,
0: yeah, but still, if they'd have done that, it's like, yeah, okay, whatever. But what they've tried to do is continue the ingenuity uh, and the the cleverness of these films and failed
1: terribly. Well, the, the writers had already written two follow-ups to Jigsaw. Then they said, no, we're overhauling this Chris Rock has an idea right around Chris Rock's idea Chris Rock apparently in- implemented a clause that he had to go in and rewrite the script by the original scriptwriters, and that's just painful but like these people who have crafted this series who know this series in and out contractually had to have the likes of Chris Rock coming over and going <laughs>
0: um, yeah I mean I, I there's, there's very little I can say about this This was the first film that we went back to see at the cinema after cinemas reopened again. um, This was probably the worst film we went back to the cinema to see. Um, And actually, no matter how much the other audience members came out and went, yeah, that was really cool. You could tell it wasn't because nobody in the cinema. Reacted
1: nor laughed nor even bristled, it was just one of the most blasé, uh, it is what it is, some white boys were like, oh my god, that was like so intense, and it's like, wow, well, I think taking the shit was more intense than that film.
0: But the thing is, is even with some of the traps that were shite, and there wasn't enough focus on those traps, I didn't even go, "Ooh, you know, when you see the traps, and you're like, oh, how are you gonna get out of that, that looks really painful, oh my god, you've got to like, off Darren Spousman
1: had the audacity to inflict those fast cut jumps in the edits to energise those scenes, which he has come under scrutiny for overdoing in his films. Critics are basically saying your usage of those quick cuts is what makes you an amateur, but yeah. then he's come out and said, I'm doing a movie that isn't amateurish, but the thing that critics only criticised you for, which was amateurish, fast cut bit mm. you still put in mm-hmm. you are a very misguided confused film director mm-hmm. and I highly recommend you hang up your cap mm-hmm. you absolute waste of fucking space how fucking dare you come in you egotistical fucking shyster think that that of what you attributed so much to before and you're going to reinvent it all because you've got Chris Rock smiling gurning through this film screaming screeching when Chris Rock has his mouth shut and seems to be looking off into the distance as if to say No one's held up my uh, cardboard uh, script behind the camera. You're like, okay, cool. The film is off. It is odd. It is awful. It is not good. And I felt like it was a meta-commentary. It was meant to be this bad because you were meant to feel like you were in a trap yourself. I much prefer have a trap on than go through this experience. Darren Lynn Balesman should be ashamed of himself. The head of Lionsgate should be shot because... Or be put in, in one of those games where he decides to shoot himself. Or one of the other arseholes who thought it was a good idea to have Chris Rock involved. And I actually believe Chris Rock is the type of person who isn't cl- collaboratively involved. I think he's the type of person who just has to sit outside by his pool. And no matter where you are in the world. If, you, if you're if you doing anything you will just hear him screaming and demanding. The whole thing that he had to have his hand. And his his, his dab hand and skill as a writer. Huh? put onto the script shows you something these producers are weak need and are reactionary and took a franchise as one of the only franchises that they have that was commercially viable and i think they kind of denig- they, they've denigrated it to something that isn't viable anymore Everyone's saying, oh, Saw is a success. Well, at the moment, it is a success in comparison to previous films over the last year because of COVID times. But any other given year without COVID, this would have been sneered at and like, oh, my God, what have we done? You have destroyed the Saw franchise. You have destroyed its potential. Mm. And if you dare come out with a movie as a spin-off Spiral 2, all I'm going to tell you is you're not going to have me watching it. If you are making a Saw film and it's jigsaw, or you kind of reroute or re evolve the issues of this movie and you write around it and you implement John Kramer again, Tobin Bell, I might forgive you. Darren Lynn had the audacity to come in and think that he could rejuvenate it as a maturer filmmaker. No, come in and make it as a. Worse than he ever has been directed. He's come in with an ego, assuming he's more mature. Dude, you're as immature as any filmmaker who started in their career. You look worse than any amateur who's come in and tried to have his dapper hand in a series. This is the sum of so many parts: an easy paycheck and also an ego big enough to go fuck you, critics. I'm going to do a saw movie. You're going to love. You should just own that of which the fans love, and your audience love. Don't give a fuck what the critics say. You have been disingenuous and you are flawed for your mentality. I hope you never return to this franchise again. This film is a travesty and I want to take a steaming acidic shit on it. I really do. So if Spiral gets no stars from me. I much prefer a saw blade go through my nuts and have to even talk about this fucking cunt film ever again.
0: Okay, so I've had a mini idea. So I'm going to pause this whilst I tell you what I think the idea is. Otherwise I'm going to give it away. So So, let's recap, sorry. (laughs) Let's recap with the final number of stars for each film. Saw one. Three stars. Saw two.
1: Four stars. Saw three. Five stars.
0: So, four? Four stars. So, wait, what number am I on? Five? That's five stars. And six?
1: I think that was five stars as well.
0: Seven?
1: Four stars. Eight? Four stars.
0: And finally... Spiral, nothing. That's how we feel, you guys. So, I think this is the end of our sore spectacular. And it's been quite a long ep. It has been a very long ep. Are we happy to call it sore spectacular? I think it's better than retrospective. I know it is a retrospective. I think it should be a Saw sore, sore.
1: A sore, sore, sore spot. This is a sore, sore spot in our sore series, which was spiral
0: for our sore spectacular.
1: Goodbye. Bye. There will be more episodes coming in due course. Very soon. Bye, guys. Bye.